0: Woo! Welcome to the campfire. How's everybody doing? I'm a little wore out, just a little bit wore out. Last night, Michael already talked about it, but we had the root beer riot. I still catch myself saying the root beer kegger because it will always be the root beer kegger, you know. Um, But it was a blast. Uh, 371 registered people th- there was 371 people who registered that's not everybody that was there that's just the people who actually registered and I got to meet every single one of them because uh, Nathan put Michael Gill and I in charge of the kegs because out of all of the people of a certain age there were the only two who know how to tap a keg <laughs> I haven't always been a Christian so um, But we were running the kegs and like we're sitting there and the DJ was playing some good music and we're pumping the kegs to the sound of the beat and like there was a group of people who were literally just standing like 20 feet away from us being entertained by us because we're singing, we're clapping. We made a game of filling up a cup and making awkward eye contact with anybody walking up until they came over and took the cup. It was great. I had such a good, (laughs) I had such a good time last night getting just to pass out root beer. Uh, but yesterday, that wasn't the only thing we did um, Earlier in the day, we had a youth group event up here uh, So we had, we, we passed, we gave invitations to the teenagers, middle school and high school And we had our Nerf war in this room So like, you can't, uh, there's a lost and found table back there that I hope that's the only reason you could tell there was a Nerf war in here Because at one point, there were Nerf darts and discs just covering the floor in here We had like 30 something teenagers in here 14 of which i had never met before yesterday and it was awesome we had just a great time even the parents who hung out i was like you want a gun and play they're like yeah like just shooting kids with nerf darts right it was great um it was just a good way to jump back into the school year, get everybody ready for cross chats, because those are going to be starting up really soon. Uh, high schoolers, middle schoolers will have dates for you soon. I believe high school is going to start. It's going to start late because of the uh, holiday. I think we're going to do Tuesdays starting on September 14th, but I'll give you a solid date coming up soon. It was just a great day yesterday. Uh, just getting to serve, right? It was awesome. I had such a good time. Um, there are bulletins. On these tables, if you didn't get one already, inside of them is this communication card. Uh, this is just a way for you to uh, write down prayer requests if you need to. Um, maybe there's some things you need. Uh, there's boxes to check. Uh, at the end of the service, you can put those in the offering plates at the back. Um, if you're a guest here, uh, I said offering. We didn't ask you to come so we could get something from you. Don't worry about giving unless you really want to I'm not going to tell you no, but uh, don't worry about giving because we wanted you to come so you could have something Um, just put that communication card in there If you have a prayer request only our prayer team looks at those and they pray over every prayer request It's an awesome tool that god has given us Um prayer is powerful. We believe in prayer here So, uh, if you have any prayer requests write them on the communication card and put them in the offering basket um I just want to remind you guys that the marriage retreat is fast approaching. And, uh, there is, uh, what did I say? Fee? Or something? There, there's money needed for the activity. Um, uh, we're gonna be down in Giant City, down by Carbondale. It's gonna be awesome. I'm super excited for it. Uh, that's coming up mid-September. 17th! Thank you! Uh, commercials are over. Commercials are over. I'm not, I'm not doing any more commercials. Um, we are in a campfire Devo series uh, last week. I kicked it off if this is your first time here or like your second time here It's not normally like this in here normally. We are all facing that way and the worship team is up there and whoever's preaching is up there And and it's like it's great because the people who show up late don't feel really awkward because half the church is looking at them um but that's the way normally it's set up, but I, we were talking about the next Devo series, or the next sermon series, and I was like, you know, most of the church doesn't get to go to the campfire Devo's, why don't we do a Devo series so they can ex- experience experience the campfire, right? So I built a, a fire that is fire station approved, and um, and we're going to go over like the greatest hits of the summer Devo series. Uh, so if it's your first time or second time here, we're not normally like this. This is really different. Even our members are like, I don't like it. But it's different. It's gonna get us out of our comfort zone. Last week, we just talked about having a passion for God. Just what passion is. And I, I told you guys what, uh, the root word for enthusiasm or passion or zeal was. And it was entheos. Entheos. It means in God or filled with God. And that's the type of passion I'm talking about in this series. Uh, That I want to be filled with God. I want to have this passion for God. I, I want to be in God. Today, we're going to talk about having a passion for His Word, for the Scripture, for Bible, and how important that is to have in our lives. My mouth is already running dry. I did this. I did this Devo series at camp. Camp is a magical place. It's a magical place. Big things happen at camp for small people. So we were at primary camp. We were all these little... little, little. I mean, it was third through fifth grade. So they're not all little. A lot of them are. And um, every night, there was a, a Campfire Devo. And every night, it was powerful. And, I, and it was awesome. And on the second night... Second night, I did this lesson. And uh, I'm going to have you guys do... What I had them do you didn't know you were coming to church and have to participate in the sermon But you're gonna um because it's awesome. Trust me. I'm not going to do a jump scare at you. I'm not going to do something crazy But what I need you to do Is I need you to close your eyes Don't worry. I'm not going to be like if anybody is here. Don't don't worry about it. Um, I need you to close your eyes I need you to just listen And i'm going to give you some prompts and you're going to think about some stuff so in your brain, I want you to picture nothing. Not even that. Whatever you're thinking about, not even that. It's not darkness because it's nothing. You can't do it because there's nothing. Absolutely nothing. No sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no sight. There's not even darkness. There's nothing. And in the nothing, you start to hear a song. It's the most beautiful song you have ever heard in your entire life. And it is quiet. It is it is quiet. And you're trying hard to hear this song because you want to hear more of it. But as you're listening and as you're hearing it, the song starts to build. It's getting It's getting louder. But you don't know where it's coming from. It's coming from all around you and it's coming from inside of you. And you, you can't place it. You don't know what it is, but you want more of it. You want to hear more of it. You want to see where it's coming from because you feel it. It's awesome. It's powerful. You know there's something deep in it. And as the song builds slowly, the nothing becomes something. The, you realize you're standing on ground and there's light at first the light is small and it seems distant but it starts to grow and you can see that you're standing on ground and you see vegetation you see grass you see bushes you see trees start to come alive around you you see a world being sang into existence and at the center of it is a lion it is a massive beautiful awe inspiring lion Who is singing a song that is the most beautiful thing you have ever heard in your entire life? You can open your eyes. Some of you recognize what I just did. Some of you recognize the magician's nephew and how two kids fall through a portal and they end up in a world that is nothing and they start hearing a song and it's Aslan Singing Narnia into existence. That is such a powerful moment in that book. And that's just the beginning of the Chronicles of Narnia. I love the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, they're they're one of, if not my favorite series of books to read. They're definitely top five. They're up there with Brissinger and Lord of the Rings. They're up there. They're so powerful. And you know what's really cool? About Narnia is it's based off of scripture It was written by a christian man who wasn't always a christian He tried to prove that christianity was false that god and jesus were false and went in the process of it Realized they aren't and he became a christian and he wrote these stories you see in uh, John chapter 1 um, John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5. It says in the beginning the word already existed the word was with god In the beginning was the word and the word was God. In 2 Timothy 2:16, 2, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 2:3:16 2, says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. You see much like Aslan literally sang Narnia into existence, God breathed our existence. Into creation. The word created everything. And we know if as we kept reading, if we would have kept reading, we know the word is Jesus and everything's created through Him. How powerful is God's word? Do you realize that the, the Bible you're holding or the zeros and ones in your phone that you are holding has that much power? It has that much power to literally create the world. Do we believe that? Do we believe that we have that power in our hands? Do we act like we have access to that power in our hands? How different would your life be if you actually believed that? You know, in James, he talks about the way we talk. He talks about our tongue. And it says in James chapter three, verses five through six, In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. If we don't control our tongues, if we don't control what we say, we can burn our world to the ground. But God's Word is even more powerful than ours. God's world pales in comparison. We can burn our world down just with a few words. I can can ruin my life by saying something ignorant to my wife. But God can come in and He can speak life into you. God's Word is so powerful. I can't even put into words how powerful God's Word is. You see, here, James is speaking figuratively about about our tongues, about our words. Yeah, I can't just brissinger and turn the fire on, right? But God could. God could just say fire and light a fire. He's God. In your hand, or next to you, or somewhere near you, you have the Word of God. Do we live our lives daily... By his word Do we believe that his word is that powerful do we have a passion for his word? I have to have a passion for his word my day sucks if I don't and and we're going to get into that but I have to You see last week We talked about our passion for God and we talked about three things that we do to fuel our passion. We talk about we trust God daily We talked about we walk with God daily and we worship God daily. And that's how you can build a passion for God. But it is nigh impossible to have a passion for God if you aren't reading His Word. If we're not in the Scripture, if we're not seeing what God has already spoken to us, we're not going to have that passion for Him. We have to be in God's Word daily. We have to be focused on it. I've told you before in the last sermon series with the truth about lies um, That scripture is meant to be read straight through Now, I'm not saying you have to read it straight through You can start in the book of John That's a great place to start If you're like, I need to start reading scripture The book of John's fantastic It's an easy read, but it's deep And you can chew on it for a while Or maybe you want to book, start in the book of Psalms just David's prayer journal That's a great place to start When I say it's meant to be read straight through, don't feel that I'm making a rule. You got to start in Genesis and end in Revelation, because actually that's not how it was written. It was written in three different scrolls, sets of scrolls. That's a whole other thing. Um, But the way it's designed is it's meant to be read straight through. So in the book, in the book of Genesis, you get questions. You have questions. Like you start reading Genesis, you're like, I don't understand any of that. But if you keep reading, you get answers to your questions. Like, in Genesis, it talks about he will strike your heel and you will crush, and you will strike his heel and he will crush your head. We get the answer to that in the New Testament. That prophecy is fulfilled in the New Testament. And there's other things that as you read through, you get your answers, you get answers to your questions. But you get more questions. If you're reading, you get more questions. And so the next time you read through, you get more answers. And it's a process. It's meant to be meditated on. It's meant to continually be read. Did you know the kings of Israel were supposed to sit down and copy out the law and meditate on it? The good ones did. But you can tell how the king was going to go if he did it or not. doesn't always say that they didn't. But you know, you can tell some of them didn't. It's meant to be meditated on. Psalms 119, the longest chapter in all of Scripture, the chapter where you're like, it's still going, is all about reading God's Word. I'm going to read some excerpts from, for, from it for you. Mine, I'm going to read off my phone because I have them all highlighted. On your screen is Psalms 119.105. It might be the most quoted Scripture out of the chapter in this church. Your Word is a lamp to to guide my feet and a light for my path. In verse nine, it says, How can a young person live with a pure live a pure life? By obeying your word. With all my heart, I try to obey you. Don't let me break your commands. I have taken your words to heart, so I would not sin against you. I switched versions of myself. In um In uh, verse 26, I told you my plans and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. Help me understand the meaning of your commandments and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. Verse 29, keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. Verse 35, make me walk along the path of your commandments for that is where my happiness is found. Verse 45, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. 52, I meditate on your age-old regulations. O oh, Lord, they comfort me. 91, your regulations remain true to this day, for everything serves your plans. 97, oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. 114 you are my refuge and my shield your word is my source of hope 129 your laws are wonderful no wonder I obey them the teaching of your word gives life light so even the simple can understand I like that one that's me verse 130 so even the simple can understand I need simple (laughs) the whole chapter there's 176 verses whole chapter is about meditating on His law, on His commands, and that is His Word. You see, as we read through Scripture and develop our passion for Scripture, we're going to have questions, and we're going to get answers. And you know the awesome thing is that God's Word does not change. God's Word does not change. But, God's Word changes me. God's Word will not change, but it will change you. And there are three things today that I'm going to talk about is how God wants to change your world through His Word. So God's Word will change your world. It will change you. And the first thing, right off the bat, God's Word will change my world by guiding me where He needs me. God's Word will change my world by guiding me where He needs me. In Psalms 119.105, again, your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's the NIV. NLT says your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. God's Word is going to point us where He needs us. It's going to show us what needs to change in our life. I told you in The Truth About Lies that God's Word was written for us, not to us. It was written for us. It was a guide. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it says, The things that happened to those people are examples. They were written down to teach us because we live in a time when all these things of the past have reached their goal. They were written down to teach us. If you have questions about your life and where you should go and how you should live your life God's word has answers for you. God's words have answers for everything. Hold on Mike God's word cannot possibly answer everything Like they didn't have fill in the blank Fill in the blank. I'm gonna just use technology. We'll fill in the blank with technology because There is no way they could have had this fire I forgot the remote earlier. You can change this to rave mode and they didn't have this technology. They didn't have the devices most of you are holding right now, what we call phones, but really not phones anymore. They're just mini computers. And they didn't have all, they didn't have the internet. So Mike, how can the how can God's word speak on my questions with technology, the internet? It can't possibly talk about internet pornography. It can't possibly talk about addictions to technology. It can't t- possibly talk about all that. But it does. Specifically, let's look at pornography. Jesus said if you lust after a woman in your heart, you've already, created, you've already committed adultery with her. So, oh, check. Porno, internet pornography. We're done. What about, like, I'm addicted to my technology, to my cell phone, my TV, video game system, car, whatever the technology is. Don't have idols before me Speaks to it So we have these gray areas in our lives that keep coming up, right and and you'll hear Popular culture say God's Word doesn't talk about this. This is a gray area God's Word has principles in it that speak to the gray areas if Jesus Christ is king of my life I want to live in a way that honors my king so all of these gray areas fall under that principle That's just a blanket statement, Mike. Sure is, and blankets cover things. So if, if I'm gonna live my life to honor my king, I'm gonna look at those gray areas and I'm gonna apply the principles in scripture on those gray areas. Mike, they didn't, they didn't have all of these issues we have in the world today. They didn't have the LGBTQ plus community. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. I think that covers it love your neighbor as yourself the bible will speak on any subject in your life you may have to learn a little bit you may have to chew on it a little bit but the bible has answers for us and more often than not scripture does speak directly to what we're struggling with The things, a lot of the times, the things we consider gray areas, the Bible does talk about it. God's Word does shine light into our lives, and we just don't want to acknowledge it. So the first thing, God's world, uh, I'm going to say world and word a lot. I got it. God's Word wants to change my world by showing me where He needs me. And uh, you could put showing me where He needs me to change. god's word did not tell me that i needed to be pouring root beer last night but it did like be all things to all people love your neighbor as yourself i can take those passages and be like i'm supposed to be pouring root beer and can i tell you how much fun i had obeying god last night our faith is not supposed to be mourned we're not supposed to lament our faith we're supposed to be excited. We're supposed to be passionate. We're supposed to be passionate for God's Word. The second thing God's Word wants to do is it's gonna show me my sin. God's Word is gonna show me my sin. James 1, 22-25 20 says, don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you don't listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you don't do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. In the mornings, during the week, I get up, I brush my teeth, I put on deodorant, Look in the mirror and I say, I'm good. People who have and do work with me are in this room. They will acknowledge my hair is not brushed in the morning. I am, I'm, I'm clothed, but my clothes are not what would you consider church appropriate attire. I did buy new work pants this week because the patches have patches on my pants and the patches are ripped off at this point. It was time. Cassie's like, you need to buy some new pants done um But on sunday mornings, I can't just get up here Looking like that and preach god's word to you because that would be a distraction to you I actually had my shoes off earlier Because I like not having shoes on and I thought that would be a distraction to people So I put my sandals back on I'm very conscious about how I look to you guys because I don't want to distract from the word of god That i'm trying to share with you But at work, I don't care Because I'm not there to win any prizes or I'm not there to win some award appearance award I'm there to make parts and get them out the door But in our lives we can look at god's word as a mirror and it will tell you hey This is a sin. Hey, this is a sin. It can encourage you and say hey, this is great but if i'm looking at god's word and i'm like Not changing anything. That's crazy, right? Imagine this imagine this you go out on a trip and you find this young couple to watch your house. We do this a lot. We try to find young couples who, like, don't necessarily have a, a house. They might have an apartment that's tiny. And we're like, hey, you want a house-sit for us? Because, you know, people used to do that with us. The chapel specifically would be like, hey, you want to house-sit our house while we're on vacation? Sure do, because we had a one-bedroom apartment in a basement in Edwardsville. And we're like, yeah, we got a whole house. And, and that just meant taking care of some animals for a little bit. Same at our house. And... I always like well. Lately, I used to write it all down. Now I take pictures and put notes in the pictures and just text it to them. I'm like, hey, here's the dog's food. She gets a scoop in the morning, a scoop at night. Water with it. Um, make sure she goes out because she's still a puppy. Here's the cat's food. The cat stays outside. Cat stays outside. Cat stays outside. The cat will lie to you. She lied to me this morning. You didn't feed me. No, I fed you this morning. That was me. I know I'm still here. That's weird. Um, I fed you. So she gets a scoop in the morning, a scoop at night. Um, otherwise, she'll just sit at the door and meow. And you'll be like, what? Uh, that's pretty much it. Make sure you get the mail. Trash goes out on Wednesdays. That's it. That's it. But what if you had somebody watching your house? You wrote down all of this important stuff and you went on a trip and let's say it was a long trip it was like a month month and a half two month long trip and you get back from your trip and you pull in the driveway and like you can see the flies buzzing around the the trash can you could smell it even before you get out of your car yeah you know that smell um you walk around the house and you see like pet cemetery in the backyard And like all of your, like you had plants that you asked them the water and like they're all shriveled up and dead and you walk in the house and the dishes are just piled high in the sink and like it's, it looks like a bomb went off in your house and you were like, uh, what's going on? And this couple comes up to you and they have your notes. They have your notes and they're laminated and like you can, they have like this notebook next to it with all these like, oh, that was, that's really good. I can apply this to my life. And And you're like, what? I left you specific instructions on what to do. Yeah, they're really good instructions. Like, really good. We even had a small group on it. We had people come over. We talked about how important these instructions were. It was great. But my pets are dead. And the trash hasn't gone out in a month. You read my instructions, but you didn't do anything. With my instructions. How mad would you be? You'd be a little, you'd be a little uh, salty, right? You'd be a little bitter, a little upset. A little bit, a little bit. That's how God feels with us when we read His Word and don't do what it says. Have you ever read a passage in Scripture and it like stabbed you in the chest? Yeah, thank you. Some of you are shaking your head. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Fathers, do not embitter your children. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Last night. Not last night. This is just figured out. I, I, I have lost my patience with my children recently. I can't tell you exactly when. Actually, okay. Last night. Last night I'm trying to get my children to leave the uh, the riot. They didn't want to leave the riot. like... But we're serving. Are you really? Are you, re- you said we could have a root beer float. We didn't. We're our root beer. But you said we could. I said if we had any. I didn't even get root beer last night. Yeah, you did. I saw you drinking some. I had a half a cup. This isn't for us. This is for the people that are here. We are here to serve. That's not fair. Oh my gosh. And then I finally get them wrangled up and we start walking. I didn't even know I forgot my cup because I'm so focused on this One of my children likes to keep talking. Parents, you you know what I'm saying, right? Like, you're done with the conversation. You've made your point. You've said, hey, this is what it is. And you expect them to stop talking. They don't. I'm like, if you keep talking, you're grounded. But that's up. You're talking. And I may have gotten like, oh, stop it. But how do you think God feels? (laughs) I told you what we're doing. And you know, fathers do not better your children. Oh gosh. Oh, I need to be gentle with my children. They're not boys. (gasps) Girls are different. But uh, what do I do when they're not listening? And, And God's word is like, Hey, gently persuade your children. And But then it also says, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. So I'm like, yeah! But I don't do the other stuff too. Right? So sometimes I'm reading Scripture and I get, like, punched in the face, stabbed in the chest. You guys feel what I'm saying, right? What would happen if I didn't change the way I lived? A lot of you tell me my children are great. Thank you for that. I'm glad they're great for you. (laughs) One of them's in this room. You are great. Most of the time. But if I didn't listen to God's Word, my children wouldn't be great for you guys either. And that's just one area of my life where I have allowed God's Word to work in my life, to change my life. Like I said before, God's word does not change but God's word will change me God's word is a mirror for us It shows us where we need to change. It shows us the spiritual cancer in our life In the past God sent his prophets to his people to call out the sin in their life because they didn't have mass production bibles And I used to think okay time of the prophets is over. We have all of this information in front of us. That's not true God still sends his prophets but they may look like your best friend. They may look like somebody in your small group who has a Bible open and says, hey, I see this in your life, and it doesn't jive with what God's Word says. I have that in my life. I've talked to you guys about uh, how I'm constantly in God's Word, but I'm surrounded by men who also are in constant study of God's Word. Right now, I uh, we're going through... Uh, a 30-day study on the peace of God. And this morning, I really had to chew on the Devo. I had to read it like five times because I was like, what is he trying to say? And then I commented what I was learning on it. And then Nate commented it and Richard commented on it. And I'm sure other people have already. I just haven't checked it. And it's been really good to spend time virtually, digitally with these guys in God's Word. We're reading the same thing and we're talking about what we're learning and how it applies to our life. Right now, um, I, I don't know how many of you guys are friends with Sarah Jones on you version, and how many of you don't turn off, don't turn off notifications, but like, my phone will vibrate like 20 times during the day. I'm like, oh, Sarah either started or finished a new Bible plan. Just so you know, Sarah has offered to go through Bible plans with you guys. If you are interested in joining her in Uversion Devos, you can become her friend on Uversion. Look up Sarah Jones and say, hey, add friend. If you're interested, you can track her down in person. What? In person? We have to talk to people? But you can track her down in person and you can join her walking through a devotional series and if you like it just keep going or maybe your small group maybe your small group wants to go through a devotional series together or maybe your spouse or maybe your best friend it's great to walk through god's word together it is great because just in this small group of guys that i've been doing this with we have so many different viewpoints that they catch stuff i don't and it's really powerful and it It's really challenging because we can be like, yeah, I saw that in your life. And I've surrounded myself with these men and women who love God and know his word. God's word will point the sin out in your life. But more than that, the third thing, how God's word will change my world. God's word will show me how to remove, how he will remove the sin from my life. Because it's not just going to show you the sin, it's going to show you how to fix it. In Hebrews 4, 12-13, it says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. And He is the one to whom... We are held accountable. The Word shows everything in our lives. And it shows us how, to, how God will remove our sin too. You see, it's a, it's, it's a scalpel. It's a scalpel held in a surgeon's hand. Let's say you were really sick. I've had appendicitis before. It's horrible. And I needed to have surgery removed uh, to remove it. What if... I love her to death but what if my wife's like you know what we could save some money I'll do that for you I'll get the scalpel we'll do a clean room in our house and I'll remove your appendix for you I love my wife to death I might be dead if I would have let her do that no we went to the hospital worst car ride of my entire life and and I got checked into the ER, a doctor checked me, hurt me, and, and they're like, yep, it's your appendix, we're going to get a room for you, and they got a room for me, and I, and I went upstairs, and they gave me some good stuff, and I went to sleep, and, and then the next day, I had surgery, and my surgeon's name was Dr. Bonebreak, I wish I was making that up. But whatever. And, and they got my appendix out and he's like, it was like three or four times enlarged. It was about to rupture. I'm like, oh, that's great. I was still on some really good stuff and, and I was feeling good and like, yeah, we got it out because he was a qualified, educated surgeon. He knew what he was doing. Do you have somebody in your life who is a qualified, educated sp- surgeon? who knows God's Word. Because it's one thing to read it. It's another to have a group around you who knows it. Who not only can point out the sin in your life, but can walk with you through it. Who can help you through it. I have that. I have that. I have older brothers who have very bravely smacked me upside the back of the head spiritually and pointed out you are not living according to god's word and then they've walked with me through that season and helped me rebuild and be strong for god and i have brothers that are my age and younger that are right there with me on this journey and we speak into each other's lives dude you're not giving your wife what she needs Hey, you're being a little rough with your kids. Hey, you're, you're, you're becoming absent. Hey, you're distant. What's going on? Do you have that? Do you have that? This church, we have small groups. If you're interested in having that and finding a small group, talk to somebody that you know, that you trust, and they can get you pointed in a, in a direction of a small group. We meet throughout the week. But do you have that? Because God's Word doesn't change, but it will and should change you. And it will use the people around you. We must read and know Scripture. Scripture can teach us and show us what we must do to be saved. You know, people asked that to Peter. He gave them a response. Repent, confess, be baptized in the name of the Father. That's Acts chapter two. You know, in um, in back in Second Timothy, verses or chapter three, verses fourteen through seventeen, it says, "But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of." So continue, continue, because you know from whom you learned it. You know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How do you feel? Are you thoroughly equipped for every good work? Has Scripture equipped you? Are you surrounded by those who know it? Just like that scripture said? You see, God will show us the sin, and He will show us how to remove the sin, how He will remove the sin from our life. In Micah 719, it says, once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. declares the lord for i will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more the word shows us the word shows us where the sin is in our life and how god will remove it i don't know where you're at this morning Mike, I haven't opened Scripture in a long time. I don't. I, I. I don't even know where to begin. Like I said at the beginning, start at the beginning. Start at Genesis. Start in John. Pick. Pick a spot. Uh, I, I would put this out there for those of you who you're know, like, uh, I've walked with God for a while. It's just really stagnant. I don't know what to do. Do a character study. Do a character study. Some of my favorite times in the Word have been doing character studies on obscure characters one of my favorite obscure characters i actually did a sermon on it on father's day i don't remember what year it's been a while um his name is obed edom Mm, yeah i can tell by the the roar of the crowd that you love him obed edom okay so you guys remember the story of david bringing the ark back And like the the priests went to grab it, and they died. And they're like, ah, what's going on? So they took it to some guy's house. That some guy was Obed-Edom. And you're like, what does that have to do with Father's Day? Well, you see, Obed-Edom honored God, and the ark was at his house. And while the ark was at his house, God blessed him and his family. And his family grew. And then, when it was time to take the ark... To the temple, well it wasn't the temple yet because Solomon hadn't built it yet, but take the ark to Jerusalem, Obed-Edom and his family went with it. And if you look at like the lists of people that were serving around the ark, you see Obed-Edom and sons. See, they were gatekeepers. They held the door open for people to come get close to God because they had been close to God. And they had been blessed. And you know, these little character studies are really cool. And I can get passionate about them. So if you're somebody, you're like, I've lost my passion for God's Word, do a character study on an obscure character. Obed-Edom. Uh, there, there's, a, for those of you who didn't know, it, there's a second eunuch in Scripture. Uh, there's the treasurer of Candace, the Ethiopian, in Acts. But in Jeremiah, there was another eunuch, and he saved Jeremiah out of a well. Bet you didn't know that. You can do these weird little things and they you learn so much about these obscure characters. Like the servant girl in Kings who told... um just lost his name. The commander of the bad guys to go see Elijah and then he was bathing the, the Jordan seven times. But she doesn't even have a name. She's just servant girl. But that's a lot of faith for a young girl To talk to a guy who has a lot of power just hey you should go see the prophet of god do character study you can get jazzed or or maybe you have never opened up god's word i would encourage you find somebody you trust and say hey mike said i should be reading god's word and i keep hearing people talk about studying scripture can can we do that that takes a lot of courage takes a lot of courage, and I encourage you to to do that. If you've never read God's Word, you don't know anything that I'm talking about, you're like, Mike, I have no clue what is going on. Talk to somebody you trust. Be like, hey, can we sit down and open up God's Word? Go grab a cup of coffee, get some food, open up God's Word, and read what it has to say for your life. Um, here at Greater Alton, we have things we call the studies, and uh, you don't have to do them in any particular order. You don't have to do them... I. I we used to have this book called How to Study with People for the people who were learning how to study scripture. <laughs> I always push that off to the side. I do my own thing. I'm like, "Hey, let's start here. Matthew 6:33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you." It says first. Let's do this. This is what we should do first. And start there. Start at Matthew 6:33. You start seeking his kingdom, his righteousness, his word's going to be included in that. And you can develop your passion for God's Word. As you can tell, I love God's Word. I read it every day. I spend time in it. I, I, I'm doing two devotional series right now, and then I, on top of that, there's If714. It's another app that's a prayer prompt twice a day at 714. I've talked about it up here. I do that, too. And if you really are into it, there's these other prayers that you click on, and there's other people writing prayer requests. I find myself doing that now, too. It's a, it's, it's crazy. Um, But I really want to encourage you, as we wrap up today, where are you at with God's Word? Do you know what the Scriptures say for your life? Do you know how to have salvation? Do you know that you have salvation? Because you can be sure. You can be sure that you have salvation. And if you're not there, if you don't understand Christ's death and resurrection and the power in His blood that Michael talked about in communion, I want to encourage you to talk to somebody this morning, get into God's Word, and ignite your passion. Ignite your love for God. Next week, be ready. Next week, we're going to have even more crowd participation. I heard some groans in there. Guys, I'm, I, I'm really excited about this. We have two more weeks and then we'll get back to normal and whatever normal goes for it, at Greater Alton. And, um, and I hope as a church that we can ignite our passion, that we can be on fire for God and not because of anything I said. I don't want it to be because of something I said. I want it because of God and God's word. I want us to get like, uh, dude, you said this, and I've, I didn't say that, but okay. And, and like, God, take my words and shh, magic, and it, something happens. And we can be excited, and we can be on fire, and we can love Jesus, and we can love people, and the kingdom can spread because of it, because of the passion that starts here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for this weekend. Um, you are awesome, You are so great. You are such a great father. Uh, Thank you for your word. Thank you so much for your word. Uh, We can have so many questions answered just by looking at what you have already said. God, you are awesome and you are powerful and we are so great grateful to be your children. Help us to ignite a fire, a passion for you. Help this church to just share you. We want to share you. We don't want to share a brand. We don't want to share a personality. We just want the world to know you. Help us, Father. Help us to be the church wherever we are. Help me to be the church wherever I am. And God, help us to not let our circumstances affect us. Help us to just trust you. I love you so much, Father. Again, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. And it's through him all things are possible. We love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.